If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. All right, what's the crack? This podcast is sponsored by Now. You know Now? You've been streaming on Now? I have been, and I've been watching The Last of Us. Uh, most recent episode dropped there uh, early because of the Super Bowl. And oh, was it a doozy? Um, oh, I'll tell you, those big HBO set pieces, not to spoil anything, but it does feature a new type of infected, the bloater, mate. And no, I'm not talking about me after eating a rake load of Chinese. <laughs> I'm actually not talking about that. It's actually really serious. It's actually one of the toughest infected there is, actually. Big, massive yolk with loads of uh, like fungal armor and all. Really hard to kill, actually. <laughs> um, and it was a really good episode. What am I talking about? Look, you have to find out for yourself. You should check out The Last of Us streaming, available with a Now Entertainment membership. And now, on with my stuff. It's Tony Cowell's shit show. And I know, and I know, and I know, and I know that the show is Tony Cowell's shit show. Deputy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you. You just want you to know it's Valentine's Day that there actually is someone who's your Valentine. There actually is someone who's loving you. Here, I know you're alone and we're mates now. But I was trying to let you know there actually is someone who loves you this Valentine's Day. And it's me. It's actually, it's actually you're the one person I can tell who my Valentine is. That's the thing, though. I've sent this text five times in my life. That's the thing, though. I can't. You're the one person I can't tell who I'm in love with. <laughs> little forlorn boy. You little forlorn little wagon. You goddamn little wagons. You little, um, look. I know I'm mates, right? And I know I was giving you advice about who to kiss the little girl talk, but it's been eating me up inside. Because I'm in love with someone, all right? And you're the one person I can't tell who that is. <laughs> cryptic, cryptic language, you know. Should have just been like, "Hey, look, baby doll, sugar cakes, right? I know we're mates. I want to take it to the next level with kissings involved and holding hands. You're a hot young thing. I'm young little dampy. I got a little V. I got cum gutters coming out the wazoo, right? I'm a, I'm a hot little specimen of a yoke. I got a nice little pink butt. All right. I, yes, I am a virgin." But that means that no one else has had their hands on me. I want you to be the first. I want you to be the luckiest, lucky one. <laughs> That's what I should have said. <laughs> Rather than, I'm in love with someone. Oh, who? I can't tell you who it is. <laughs> anyway, does it make sense to anyone? Happy Valentine's Day. Um, I mean, when you talk about frigates, like, God, I wish I'd just been like, you know, just kissing, just ki- just been like, hey, yeah, I want a little kiss, you know. I mean, I I went on, I've been on so many platonic Valentine's dates in a kind of ironic way, you know. Let me tell you thing about irony. You end up being a frigid <laughs> if you live. If you live, we're actually going on kind of an ironic date. Oh my god, you know. There's friend zone. There's gay best friend, but you're not actually gay, right? No, this is the tier, right? Of, let me tell you about the friend zone, right? Sorry if you can hear a bus beside me. It's because I'm in my fucking car again. Um, let me tell you about the friend zone. There's tears to this thing. There's, there's, I call it the the three tiers of uh, reluctant platonic relationships, right? And the lowest rung, all right, is uh, the friend zone. Now I don't like the term the friend zone, okay? Because the friend zone usually is like you get friend zoned, as in a verb, by a girl, right, or by a guy, depending on whatever. You're you're looking for right, but in my situation, it would have been would have been a girl, and like everyone has a big big laugh about it. People are like, oh my god, this guy got friend zoned. You see it on the internet. This is what happens when you get nuclear friend zoned, right? But the onus has been put on the person, the girl. The onus is on the girl to friend zone a guy, and that's not fair. This girl just entered entered a friendship with a guy. You know, they just hang out, they text, they eat popcorn, they watch the OC, right? That was on the level. But what this girl doesn't know is this guy is actually a liar because he wants something else. This guy is actually a double agent. This guy's Billy Castigan from The Departed. Okay? And he's looking to get nice and cozy with Frank Costello. You know? <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Um, and Billy Costigan wants to 
ride Jack Nicholson. Is that right? I'm, I'm, I've lost this analogy. But the point is, the friend zone is a thing that guys use to put a responsibility on a girl whose fault it is not. And this is what happens. This is the amount of pressure that happens. Then all of a sudden there's a friendship, right? Friendship, guy and a girl. And then all of a sudden the guy is like, yeah, I want to take this to the next level. What will that entail? Well, it'll entail you not seeing any other fellas. Oh, shit. Okay. It'll entail um, you kissing me exclusively. It would entail you carrying a lot of my fucking baggage. <laughs> my emotional shit. Um, so that's the option. Do you want that? Yes or no? And that's an option. It's like a cup of tea. You know, I've mentioned this before on the pod. It should just be like a cup of tea. She's like, do you want that? No, I'm good. You know? You should just be like, nah, I'm actually all right for that. Do I want to radically change our friendship completely from the ground up and lose essentially everything that we have and put a lot more emotional uh, baggage on that and a lot more headspace and weave you intrinsically into my heart? No, nah, I'm good. But that's not to say that I, do, I don't want to continue what we have, but what you would hear, you know, what you would hear is that um, you are scum. You are subhuman scum, you know? There's a lot of illusions happen when you're a kid. <laughs> so that's the lower rung, right, is friend zone. But I don't like using the term friend zone because, you know, the friend zone really is, oh, let's call it double agenting, right? Let's call it departing, right? Or, um, yeah, let's call it departing, right, where you're a double agent in a relationship, right? It's, it's, it's scummy behavior, but, you know, you just want to get in tight. Then you have this the middle rung, okay? The middle, the second tier of this is kind of being the the straight slash gay best friend, you know? I mean, that's a dated term now as well, you know? But the kind of, like, this is so unromantic that I'm going to now be involved in your romantic decisions with other guys, right? That's the second rung of unwanted platonic relationships with someone you fancy, right? Now I'm kind of helping you, you know? I am so unsexual <laughs> in this relationship that I am going to give over completely and assist you in your sexual endeavors with our lads, right? That's the second tier. Straight gay best friend, right? And the top tier is going on an ironic date with a girl that you wanted it to be a real thing, you know? That's the top tier <laughs> of pathetic, <laughs> pathetic, you know, reluctant platonic relationships with someone you fancy. The top, the tippity top, top, top tier is... This is kind of an ironic here. Do you mind if I kiss you, like, ironically? <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you just got to do, you got to use the tools that you have at your disposal. And, you know, if you're a bit of crack, sometimes that's what you use to get as close as you possibly can to a romantic relationship, you know? <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm not 15 anymore. But that's... That's Valentine's. I don't know what I'm going to do for Valentine's. I'm actually I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be at the uh, the live Moulin Rouge uh, screening tonight. Uh, chatting over chatting over Moulin Rouge, <laughs> which is going to be a tough movie to chat over. But it's going to be a lot of fun. That's what we're doing tonight for Valentine's. So I don't really I'm not really done that with Terry. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to write her, uh, uh, some erotic fiction this year, um, as I as I do some some years, you know. <laughs> I think I think for you know it'll be a miracle if I even remember to brush my teeth really with with the amount of shit that's going on these days. I tell you, it's become since having kids, it's become a lot less uh, E. L. James in our in our house. Fifth shades great. It's become a lot less E. L. James and a lot more R. L. Stein. <laughs> um, you know, because instead of bloody getting the ride all the time, just poop everywhere. Shit and poo, like uh, like I presume is in a goosebumps. I've not read Goosebumps. I've not read the Goosebumps books, but uh, I presume it's all piss and whatever the most horrible shit. If this, if the, if the spine chilling covers are anything to do or anything to go by, then I'd say the contents of of um, Goosebumps is probably the most disgusting, insane, terrifying uh, piece of fiction. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I right now? I don't even know who I am. Am I doing? A, am I doing a bit? Am I me right now? Night of the Living Dummy was one. There was one of them. Um, Say cheese and die was another. I didn't read any of them. I don't read. So anyway, so I didn't write my wife an erotic story. Um, but if I did, I would have based it in space. Um, she be a hot xenomorph with another Terry in her mouth. She opens her mouth. <laughs> And then another Terry comes out with a mouth. And, you know, we get up to all sorts, probably. I'd be Ripley. 
a woman just to change things up a bit whatever look i'm moving on <laughs> and i watched the late late valentine special you'd be glad to know um for someone who I, I, I talk about Late Late quite a lot. Um, and I tell you, I was very jealous. I was very jealous I wasn't on the Late Late because um, my two very good friends, uh, Kerry Katona. <laughs> Kerry Katona and one of the members of Five were on it. No, Alison Spittle and Justine Stafford were on it. They were fucking gas. They were brilliant. When they actually get comedians on there, it's a very funny show. I'll talk about them in a second. But I was very like, oh, I want to be on the Late Late. I want to be on the Late Late. And I'm slagging it like every week. I'm on I'm on the podcast slagging every week. This is what I did beforehand when I wanted to play sports, I think. And I'd slag all the people that played sports. I just wanted to but whatever, I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous. I'm moving on. Um anyway, so I was watching it anyway. So it was lately Valentine's special where they got all the audience are um are single, right? And I have to say, though dare I say it, the wettest audience I've ever and I mean that in the most complimentary way, they were gorgeous. I have to say, you were absolutely damp and soaked on it lately. I thought you were stunned. I thought all the audience members were... It was like they climbed out of the 40 foot. They were soaking wet. They were gorgeous. They were stunning. They were very good looking, uh, members of the audience. Um, and if that makes me a weirdo, because one of them was like, like a teenager and whatever... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't... It probably They probably weren't... They were probably all old. Um, and they were liquored up. They were, they were, you could see the the red wine on their teeth. Well, you couldn't actually. They were fair. I mean, they were they were drunk because they do get them fairly liquored up. Um, I remember being at a late late uh, taping and doing a really funny bit where it was an open bar and free drink or whatever. And I was sitting at the bar, and I said to the bartender, "There's a couple of ladies down the end of the bar." And um, this is again one of my ironic chat up lines. Um, but I I said. Get a couple of glasses of wine for the ladies there. Tell them that they're they're from me, and it was like a free bar. And so I sent it to them, and then they they <laughs> they got the glasses, and they were like, "Oh, thanks very much." And I kind of raised raised the glass, being cheers, cheers, ladies, which I thought was funny. They found it funny, um, and then as soon as they found it funny, I I think I probably ran to the bathroom, cried or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rather than just rather than just hop on the volley of oh that was really cool or charming or funny at least. And then the volley would be like, hi, how's it going? My name's Tony. I'd be more of like, do the charming thing. And then the volley is me running to the jacks uh, to cry. But anyway, Ryan Tuberty comes out, sings a stripped back version of uh, You're Just Too Good To Be True. And two dancers are dancing. Um, and they're nice, whatever. They're fine. There's dancers. Um, I don't like dancing, really. Um, I think because I'm so good at it. Um, I just kind of don't respect it as an art. <laughs> but they're dancing and they look nice. And then he's singing. Um, you're just too good to be true, as you know, is made famous by the the gay jaws joke. You know the what 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 song? What song? This is a joke I heard in in the schoolyard uh, when I was like seven. What song does gay jaws sing? You know. Dun -dun, dun -dun. I love you, baby. It's just the same song, but that's what Gay Jaws sings. Still haven't fully wrapped my head around what that joke means. Anyway, the claps are coming hard and fast and Irish. You know, it's, I mean, they weren't quite singing. Of course, they're coming in for the da 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 but then they don't let up for the I love you, baby. It's still, I love you, baby. And if, you know. No one's thought, well, we'll just go for an upbeat, we'll go for a downbeat. You know, as you know, a recurring theme on this podcast is how how uh, how lame white people are when they clap. <laughs> anyway, his bow tie is already undone. Probably some um, some bloody lady scoring a hole off him. I'm surprised he didn't have lipstick on his neck. Um, and he has a great line. He's doing his open monologue, Our Tubs, right? Um, and he's talking about how there's just an audience full of single people and um he uh, he says there's a smell of want <laughs> there's a pure smell of want the smell of pure want and i thought that is the that is the fucking coolest funniest double that sounds so much dirtier the smell of pure want and i started going for her want <laughs> you know um it was a good bit but then you get into the whole routine the opening monologue full of uh, rom-com puns you know 
you you know, it was I don't remember any of them. He says that most of five are performing, aka three. Um, but of course, here in Ireland, you'd just be called Tree. So you may as well just call yourself fucking Oak if you're three members of five performing in Ireland. You may as well just call yourself Oak Tree because we don't know how to say your name if it was three, which it isn't. You're still five. <laughs> but three of the members of five were playing, and I turned to my wife and I said, "Look, I don't care how many, but Jay better be there." So I watched this space to see if Jay showed up. He said, he, uh, "Tub says he's going to be crowning Ireland's most loved-up couple." Um, which we which we find we meet them later on, um, lovely bunch of old dears later on, and then we get into the kind of um, the kind of blind date part of the. Even though this is not a blind date, you could, uh, this person can see all the people and is very rude to all the people who are sitting there in front of her. Eva Dines, uh, who's thirty from Drogheda, not the accent that I'm doing. She works in IT. She says she wants a real man, and the ladies know what's up. The ladies go fucking mental at this. And I don't know where I would fit in this, you know, scale of what a real man is. I imagine very low. She says she wants someone tall, dark, and plays GAA. So handsome, not important. Normally it's tall, dark, and handsome. Uh, the lad she ends up with is at none of them. But, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't play GAA. Um, I just find that funny, you know. I want him tall, dark, and plays GAA. That is more important than, than handsome. Which good for you. I'm not into that particular game. Um, if we were looking at articulate, maybe we could talk. There, her, um, her niece, and her nieces put a sign up in the post office, looking for, um, looking for a fella for her, which would not be, would not be the the cream of the crop, really for me. Um, it's mad how. I'm not having to go at anyone who goes to the post office. No, I'm not going to have a go at anyone that goes in the post office, but it wouldn't be the cream of the crop for me. Uh, the, she put up, the, this is what the sign read. It said, husband wanted for Auntie Aoife. She is pretty and crazy. Uh, so or this would this would pique my interest if I was in the post office trying to deliver some fucking load of locusts or some mad shit. Like I'd be able to deliver a load of fucking bees. She likes motorbikes and loves Paris. A French gentleman with a curly moustache would be good, but others would be good too. Let us know. <laughs> Thank you, Roisin and Evelyn. That, and, there, and then they drew a picture of her. And I tell you, the picture does not do her justice. The picture makes her look like a fucking freak, to be honest. It's poorly drawn. It's crude. Um, she's got kind of uh, angry eyes. Uh, her head is the size of her torso. So, But this is the sort, if I saw this picture... I would be interested because I'm into like freaky looking big headed women. Look, my wife's got a massive head. I want to feel I like to role play. I like to be the moon and I want my partner to be the earth with her head. I want to uh, her to be Jupiter <laughs> and I want to be like a little Neptune or whatever. Uh, or ideally, she's the sun and me and a bunch of lads are running around her in a big circle like the solar system. You know, maybe if I do get into cuckolding my wife, I want I will play a solar system role play. Um, but not today. So the picture does does doesn't do her justice because her head is actually quite small. So it's a shame. They should. I'd love to bring out this big-headed woman. This cartoon that they drew. Anyway, uh, Justine Stafford comes out. She looks great. Um, and she is coming out with. I have to say it. Some of the dirtiest, filthiest, <laughs> and funniest jokes I've heard in lately in a long time. She goes, because um, uh, she goes, two vases of flowers. And she goes, I've always found batteries are a better Valentine's gift. Because of, uh, so that if things don't go your way, you can have your own late, late toy show. She's talking about a dildo. It's incredible. I love it. Anyway, Colin comes out. He's from County Leash. He's a sportsman. Uh, he's a keeper. Uh, keeper of his own. Don't know why I wrote that. Does that mean he's a goalkeeper? He's the youngest of seven. Seven, seven sons. Seven sons for seven sons. He so means he's magic. I don't know if he's seven sons. He's looking for an outgoing woman, which is a great description. I'm looking for an outgoing woman. Um, you know, 
Well, you'll have you know that Aoife is crazy and likes motorbikes, so it could be up your street. Habib from Leash comes out. He's a stunning man, and I'm not saying that just because I think black people are more attractive than white people. I, he's got an amazing skin, and he's got a very classically handsome face. He, he's a United fan. Uh, he makes gym YouTube videos, and you can see it because he's got a muscle fit tee on, and he's hot. I mean, he's tall, dark so far. He doesn't play GAA. Um, you know, he's looking for a best friend and a partner. An ideal mini date is mini golf. Like, I mean, I had to run very quickly to the kitchen to fetch a glass because I was turning into a, a, a puddle of water. I had to get into the glass because he was so hot. He's a stunning guy. Um, then you have Sean from Sligo. He's a guard from Monaghan. Uh, he was an escort. Uh, and then Justine paused in the Rose of Tralee, which I really enjoyed. He likes sport and travel. And then uh, Justine said he's looking for someone to use his handcuffs on. <laughs> Whoa, holy shit. He's looking to he's looking to bust uh, a perp. <laughs> and I'm not talking about him wanking. I'm talking about him arresting you. Um, she thinks he's too old, Sean. Ryan says, we need more. So he brings out Liam from Armagh. Um, and uh, Liam has a weak, very weak wave. Do you ever, like, blow a straw into your, like, your Coke at the top? And I'm not making bubbles, but at the top. And it makes kind of like a weak little crest of a wave. That's His wave was weaker than that. Weaker than a child blowing into a drink. <laughs> and he's getting blasted with the... Uh, the Orti, Orti have a thing that they... They seem to have this, like, backstage light that they just blast people with and then get them on camera. And, like, it's so powerful and cold and blue that everyone looks like fucking Jeffrey Dahmer, like, in the on backstage. And, like, people's teeth glisten, <laughs> you know. And it's nothing on them, nothing wrong with anyone. Everyone's great. But they need to do something about that. They need to have a more flattering lighting situation. Like, there's people coming from America. I would say if I was going to America, if I was coming from America, if I was Beyonce, I'd be like, not unless you, re you replace it with a $60,000 new lighting rig, because you're going to like make me look like dog shit up there. <laughs> not to say that he looked like dog shit, but you know what I mean? It, you know, this is, everything is supposed to be in the favor of the, you know, this is not, whatever, moving on. He hasn't, he hasn't, uh, so he says he's back from Australia and he's eager to go back down under. What? Did she even say that shit? She did. And I was laughing my ass off. I was slapping my thighs. Not like a creep, but in a way where I was funny. And he says, she says he hasn't taken a hot shower in six months. Uh, I'm assuming he's been on the cold. Uh, unless he's, I don't know, like a cat. has been licking himself around. Uh, and he wants a friend and a lover. And not necessarily in that order. That's a bit. That's a. That's a bit. I threw in at the end. She. He didn't say that. Um. She has the option to send one of them home, and she sends Colin home. Colin from County Leash, the sportsman, the youngest of seven, uh, is being sent home. The guy looking for an outgoing woman. Well, I'm looking for you to go out. You're looking for an outgoing woman. Well, I'm looking for you to go out. You're not in here anymore, Colin. Make like a caterpillar. Huh, Colin, and get back in your chrysalis, bitch. Okay? <laughs> get out of here. Then Johnny from Meath comes out. He's a sheep farmer uh, looking to get more than his wellies wet, said Justine. Couldn't believe it. And he steals a rose from Justine's vase to give, um, which becomes a recurring bit. Um, he gets to get rid of someone, and he gets rid, rid of the young guard. He gets rid of Sean from Sligo. Wait, I wrote down, Sean is from Sligo. He's a guard from Monaghan. Or maybe he's been to a few places. I don't know. Anyway, so the guard is gone. If I was that guard, I'd say, you're getting rid of me? Well, now you're under arrest. And just arrest the guy. You know? Put his hands behind his back, knee to the fucking throat, and say, you're coming out here and you're t telling me to go. Well, guess what? You're under arrest. And what's this? And I'd drop some gack in his pockets and I'd take it out. What's this? What's this? On live TV. What's this? Bit of schnocked, is it? Going to going to have a going to the winter wonderland, is it? Huh? And call you, hey, I didn't realize uh this nose and I'd start pulling on his nose was a carrot. 
because you must be the snowman with all this gack in your pockets. And he'd be like, stop pulling my nose, you know? Well, you're under arrest anyway. And then Tubbs would be like, I'm so proud of you coming out here and arresting a criminal. Isn't it, isn't it just amazing, ladies and gentlemen? I'm like, yeah. Anyway, um, she gets rid of him. Then Rafe from France, or Raf comes out. He says, I've been in Ireland for 18 months. And he grabs all the flowers, the fleurs. I'm going to have his, you know this guy, this wagon over here, he grabs un fleur. I'm going to grab all the fleurs <laughs> and bring them over. So then she, he gives all the fleurs. Uh, he's the second sexiest after Habib. Anyway, Justine tries to send Johnny home, and Aoife says, uh-uh, Ish don't think so, sends Habib home. I couldn't believe it. Um, and then we get into the part of the game where, like, they ask questions, you know, and they're all like, kind of, like, sexy innuendo kind of questions, you know, and everyone has, like, a, a kind of pre-prepared answer that they have to act like it's off the top of their head, you know. Like, number one, I love drinking tea, okay? And I have a favorite cup. Number one, if you could be any cup, what kind of cup would you be? Baby, I would be, I would be a menstrual cup. <laughs> I would be a menstrual cup because I know my way around there. And while you're stuck in the press with a bunch of these mugs, <laughs> I am a menstrual cup. <laughs> Looking for hugs. I rhymed at the end. <laughs> it's got to be number one. When he brought up being a moon cup, I had to have him. <laughs> um, but they didn't ask that amazing question. She asked, she asked, if my man, I actually don't know what the question was. <laughs> I just remember she said, if my man was a recipe, if I could make a recipe for a man, uh, it'd be, he'd be a part Ronan Keating. Hopefully the voice, <laughs> one part Ronan Keating, with the bit, with the bit of Ronan Keating where he goes, Shah, sh- where everything's an ash. Uh, would be the part I'd pick. A dash of Jason Momoa. I'd go with um, seven tablespoons, thank you, of Jason Momoa. A pinch of Ronan Keating, just the voice. Anyway, and then she goes, and uh, and and a dash of Dahi O'Shea. You know, nice alliteration there, the old dash of Dahi. Um, and the first lad goes, I remember who, I didn't, I didn't assign this to a name, he goes, well, I have the wit of Dahi. I have the body of Jason Momoa. And you know, writing Ronan Keaton says, "Life is a roller coaster. You just gotta ride it." <laughs> I'm like, "What? What kind of conversation is this between adults? You know, what would your recipe be? You know?" And he's like, "Well, I am the things. I'm gonna repeat back things you said again. I have, I have the wit of Dahi O'Shea, and I have the body of Momoa, and life is a roller coaster." <laughs> like what? You just gotta ride it. Life. You know what they say? Life is like a roller coaster. You just gotta ride it. Also, guess what? My cock's called life. <laughs> Um, moving on, French guy goes, well, I'm not Irish, but I know the national dish is a spicy bag. <laughs> spicy enough to make you feel hot and tasty enough to sink your teeth in. I love that. <laughs> no Irish person's ever said sink your teeth into that. Sink your teeth is a fucking great term. I might use it on Valentine's. When I'm telling Terry not to sink her fucking teeth into my chicken balls that were split. <laughs> uh, Aoife says, I have many talents, but one is to the tin whistle. What's your party piece? French guy says something in French. Nice. No one's a fucking clue what he's saying. Uh, Liam does some Liam does some Irish dancing. He does, and he says, I do a bit of Irish dancing. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And then it's very clear he's never done a day in Irish dancing. He's obviously learned from the book of uh, pissed up Tony Cantwell at four o'clock in the morning in a <laughs> in a kitchen, some random kitchen, because <laughs> he's dancing like I do when pretending to dance. Uh, you know, when you get your second wind at four o'clock in the morning. But it's been a long time since I've done that. Then she has to pick, right? And this is the thing about this blind date. They're all just sitting there looking at her. But there may as well be a screen because she's like, the French lad is boring. The Aussie lad is unreliable. And then she goes for Liam, the bad waving Irish dancer. Um, She says, hey, hey, Aussie, I've seen your waves. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, she goes, hey, uh, hey, French lad. Um, I've seen Jean-Luc Godard, right? And I'm not a fan of the new wave. Yeah. Hey, Aussie, I've seen you out on the sea. 
and I've seen you surfing waves, not from me. Uh, I'm looking for a really shite wave from uh, my boy Liam, the Irish dancer who's made up Irish dancing off the top of his head straight away. So she walks off with him, and um, they don't catch up with him again. For the, maybe they do. I had to. I had to run up at some point checking my young fella. He was crying. Um, I think he must have known I was watching this, and he was like sympathetic. You know the way ET gets sore when Elliot gets sore. I think me and my son have that, like Dragon Heart. You know, and I think he knew that I was in pain watching this, and he was crying upstairs. He's not as he's a bit too sensitive. Do you know what I mean? Uh, to my to my issues. Anyway, then everyone gets a full hamper of links. Um, Beyonce plays and they applaud. I have nothing else to say about that. That's just what ha- that's just what happened. Then we meet. Um, yeah, we meet some of the people, you know, they do a kind of Harry Met Sally kind of thing where you kind of meet couples who are in love. And we meet Selena and Jason from Warford. Um, his ma was getting her hair washed, turned her head around, saw the hairdresser, was like, you'd be perfect for me, son. Uh, and then they got together. It was lovely. Maura Higgins comes out. And look, I like Maura Higgins. She's fun. She's great. I think she could do with an editor, you know. I think um, I think it's better suit. Like, I mean, I'd be better suited not in long-form interview. I'd be better suited on this podcast, for example, or with an editor, you know? And I think she would also be better suited at just saying everything and having the best bits cut out. Not everyone can talk as long as she can. You know, she's very good at the chat. But I think it's not her kind of, you know, I don't know what they're talking about, really. They're not really talking about anything. He's, she's talking about how her mom, she talks to her mom about everything. It's like, oh, and I mean everything, and I mean everything. And I'm like, I'm just thinking of mad, mad stuff. Do you know what I mean? And it's probably nothing. It's probably like that she, you know, when she's hung over, she might tell her ma. But I'm, you know, not like I'm visual. I'm not visualizing that in mad. Like I'm not, you know, not sitting there slapping my thighs around like that, being a little freak, you know. But when you say, and I mean everything, you know what I mean? Like that's, it was weird anyway. She says she knows every line from Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, and she wants to be intimidated by a man. And Terry's like, she didn't mean that word. That's the wrong word. And I'm like, well... We've had Aoife saying that she wants a real man. And then you have Maura Higgins saying she likes to be intimidated by a man. I hope that's not the same guy. I really hope that's not the same guy. Um, and, um, oh, and I tell you, um, if, you, if, you know, if she knows every, uh, I tell you, uh, fuck, if she knows every line from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, um, you know, obviously she's a fan of E.L. James. Uh, well, unfortunately, this interview is more of an R.L. Stein fiasco than the... <laughs> <laughs> and then the L. James uh, sex thing, you know, it's more of a hey, is this is this a bloody uh, say cheese and die? Um, anyway, so then she does a weird kind of agony and thing, relationship advice thing, and okay, so this is what happens. Uh, Alwyn in the crowd says her ick is bad teeth and breath. And um, she said she lied about getting a root canal uh, to avoid uh, kissing a guy. Um, so she better get a root canal. And um, and then it was m- not so much a question, which uh, was more of a comment, you know. It was more of a, you know, it's like a real Comic-Con vibe. This is not really a question, more of a comment to um, Dominic West from The Wire. <laughs> Dominic, um, this is not really as much of a question as it is uh, a comment. I just think McNulty's a fucking legend. <laughs> the way he treats women. Um, all right, moving on. Um, weird reference there. Then uh, Seconda was uh, matched with a guy on Bumble. And he said he felt a really strong connection. And that was a red flag, right? It's good to know these things. Terry called it, um, what'd she say? She said, oh, yeah, that's, that's love bombing which is a term I hadn't heard before. Um, she finds, she's always coming out finding new t- toxic male things, male men do, new terms, things. I'm always like, like to educate myself. But she was like, she seemed to be very critical of this love bombing. And I'm like, Terry, if, you, if you're not a fan of love, you know, we, you can call you fucking Hiroshima love because that's what I did to you with the love bombing, you know? You can call you Nagasaki love because, Jesus Christ, I went nuclear on your love bomb when I when I met you for the first time. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, th- again, these are not really comments. No, actually, sorry, it was a question because she goes, um, 
Uh, what would be another red flag for you? She said, what would be, this would be, a re- it was very succinct. Seconda came prepared, okay? The rest of the crew, oh my God, it was like, it was like a voice note. People were acting like this was a fucking voice note. This isn't national TV. People need, some people need to rain. And I'm I'm a man who can bullshit for Ireland, man. But at Seconda, she goes, what would be another red flag? And Maura says, if someone's, if someone's rude to a waiter and w- someone was once rude to a child on a date that she was on, and maybe it was even a child waiter, you know? Maybe it was even a child waiter in a tapas restaurant, and her date said uh, two instead of usted. <laughs> any, of my, any of my span fans getting that one? Did you get that one? Um, next we have Ross, who was heckling, says Tubbs. Um, he says he met a lovely fella at Pride, uh, became good friends with him, kissed him, right? Then the friendship was great, and he didn't want to ruin anything. And tell him that he loved him. Right? Even though they'd kissed. This is very confusing now. I wouldn't know how to, what to make of this. Right? Because they kissed, but then just became friends. Uh, and he's like, how do you tell someone that? Right? Um, and Maura's like, well, you know, you just have to be honest. She says. You have to be honest. Can I tell you where... People like to give that advice a lot. Just Look, just be honest. Look, just be yourself. Be yourself and be honest. As bits of advice when people are really looking for advice. Do you know where that belongs? Do you know your fucking bin? Do you know your bin? Do you know that bit of rubbish that you have in your bin but not in the sack? You know every time you take out the black sack from your bin and you look down, you're like, oh, fuck, that bit of plastic still in there. I should really just take that out and put that in the black sack sometime. You know? <laughs> you know that receipt that is now starting to smell of fish? A receipt. That's starting to smell of fish because it's been in there for so long. That is where the advice, <laughs> you know, of be yourself and uh, be honest belongs. Under the fucking bin. Right? Underneath the bin. Um, that's where that belongs. Anyway, it's a very confusing thing for this poor fellow because he's also saying that um, that they kissed and everything. And then, the, the, and then he was also helping him with romantic advice for his friend. So he really was both the departed. And the gay best friend, but also had been romantically linked, a literal gay best friend, and and had also been romantically linked with this person. Uh, that's confusing. It's confusing the fact that they were kissing and then became friends again. That I find that confusing because you know what? If you kiss me, you're getting love bombed. That's what's happening, right? You kissing me would be like you flying your kamikaze ships into my Pearl Harbor. Because now guess what? You woke a sleeping beast and I got the A-bomb, right? I'm coming for you. Um, this all feels really bad, like putting poor taste. Then we got Holly, who was talking to a guy back and forth, and her issue was that uh, they were getting on brand new and getting on well, and then he brought her on their first date to McDonald's drive-through. Nice, a driving man. Ding, 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 ding. Lightning McQueen, this guy. Um, and then I think she had to pay for it. I think that's what she said. I got distracted by something, but I think that's what the story was. So, yeah, he brought her to McDonald's, and she had to pay for it in his car. Now, Holly, are you sure you did not go on a date? Oh, with a little boy. Are you sure this was not just a little boy <laughs> with a stolen car? Hello, will you bring me to McDonald's, please? I want to get a Happy Meal because they have the new Super Mario toys in there. Will you bring me to McDonald's, please? I will give you a big kiss if if you bring me to McDonald's, please. They have the new uh, Yoshi Mario Kart. <laughs> Do you want to hear my Yoshi impression? That's when, and Juno Mario actually hits him. Juno Mario actually hits him in the head. That's why he eats everything. Because Mario hits him in the back of the head. Have you seen that? Anyway, then out comes almost all of five, which is what Tubbs keeps calling them. The members of five, but it's, he's almost all. I mean, four would be almost all of five. Three is marginally more than half of five. Um, And to be fair, the loss of Jay from five kind of feels like you're missing two members to be they should have been called six to be honest because jay makes up for so many of them um and jay's not here there's no jay get one of these guys an isotoner glove because there's no jay simpsons <laughs> does that make any sense um and it's look it's fine they're dancing around they're having a good time but i'll tell you marty pello last year singing like some of the wet 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 songs you know good night girl love is all around 
you know, he was singing that. He was in a place then of obviously, you know, coming back around. Some people do it. Like Rick Astley's in that kind of vibe right now. Spent the 90s, the noughties, trying to do something different. Wasn't working for him. He's come back as a kind of, um, as a kind of, not retro, what would be the thing, throwback kind of act, you know, and is so delighted with the reach that social media can kind of give you these days. He's got a new lease on life. He's just delighted to go out and sing the songs he loves to sing. People have that. They go off and they're kind of, they go big in the 20s. They go off in their 30s and 40s trying to do something different. It doesn't quite work out. Come back in their 50s and they're like, do you know what? I'm fucking just delighted to be back here. You know, in a kind of weird Stockholm Syndrome, dead behind the eyes kind of way. But still, Mari Pello had that last year. Five seemed to still be in the kind of like, in the middle of figuring that out is the vibe I got from the act, you know. Um, but it was good to see some of the members of Five again. But it was a tough watch. I tell you, you can call uh, you can call them, uh, you should instead of call them uh, uh, almost all the Five, you should call them bloody the Apple Ultra Marathon because it's a tough watch. Um, anyway, and as well, he kept saying, one of them kept saying, Island! Island! Let's do it! Keep on moving! Island! Island! Keep on moving! Island! Um, anyway, then back to the thing. Then everyone's going to move seats now. This is the whole thing, tubs. And I couldn't believe this was on live TV. I couldn't fucking believe that they took a moment of live TV for this to happen. But Tubbs goes, okay, so you all came here with your friends, but you are all single. Now sit in the seat that has been allocated. Sit in the seat. There's like 150 people there. Sit now in the seat that you were allocated at the start, right? So now every single person has to move and find a seat. And Love Machine plays. You just hear people murmuring and moving seats for like five minutes of live TV on the biggest stage in Ireland. And even when they come back from the ad break, people are still talking and moving. Because, of course, it's going to, like, you're having to move loads of people out of the aisle. Every single person moving to a different part. No one knows where to go to their seat. How about lead, get the audience out at the ad break, everyone out, and ferry them back in one by one? I couldn't believe this is a logistics thing, that they would just do this while it's playing. It's taken ages. Then we go to one of the couples again that they show um, in the kind of, like, uh, Harry Met Sally kind of vibe, where they kind of interview a couple. And it's Dean and Bunga. Uh, and they're married. Uh, they're men that are married, which is great. You love to see it. And um, they had a, they show pictures of their wedding. And it was a mix, of, a mix of Irish and Zulu heritage. And then this is what you want to see. Getting the old fucking seal of approval off his ma. Bunga's ma gives Dean a little Zulu hat. And Dean's wearing a fucking Zulu hat. White guy in Ireland. Marrying his fellow wearing a Zulu hat. Love it. So I was, I was loving that. Nothing to say, nothing to like about that. Comes back from the ad break. The audience still chatting away. Need to put some fucking reins on these people, Ryan. And then um, Ryan goes into the audience, starts chatting to people. He starts, he chats to Martin and Iholanya. Um, his ma made him come in, and then he goes. She then Ryan is like, well, "What are you looking for? What kind of what kind of woman are you looking for?" And he goes, oh, whatever, like whatever." Um. And then someone shouts up and he goes, I am straight. I am straight, though. So I am looking for a woman, you know. Um, and then and then Ryan goes, so anything with a pulse, yeah? Leading question, right? And Martin goes, yeah, I suppose, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, Iholanya, what are you looking for? And she goes, well, I think I'm looking for more than just a pulse. And everyone was like, yeah! Like she knows what she wants. All this part was set up by Ryan, right? He made hit this guy out. Essentially, this guy out to be one one thing shy of a cadaver shagger. You know what I mean? One rung up from a cadaver shagger. So anything that's not dead, is that what you're saying, Martin? So if we were to go to Glasnevin Cemetery, you wouldn't be trying to get into the fucking graves, would you? No, because you want something with a pulse. He didn't even say what fucking species, right? He didn't even say mammal. You know what I mean? Um... And then they said they had a conversation and it was a bit fun. Um, she wants someone she's attracted to with good teeth, right? A lot going on about the teeth here. I brushed my teeth after it. Um, then you've got Stephen and Morgan. Um, they're getting on... Sorry, Stephen Morgan. Um, he's been paired up with Nathan. Um, they don't like each other. Their language is very... You can feel it now coming through the screen. 
They're getting on ground so far. Uh, he's looking for someone uh, in a stable relationship, someone attractive. They don't seem too keen. And then Nathan, they go to Nathan. He goes, he's too young. He's too young. He's too young for me. He's too young for me. It's tough. You know? He's just too young for me, right? Um, And that's so... Clang, clang, clang. Kind of two little clangers there on, on the chat. But uh, then we move on. Then Alison Spittle, Kerry Katona comes out. Um, Kerry says she's a serial monogamist. And then <laughs> with her kid in the audience, she goes, um, well, I'm always getting divorced. And to be fair, I always, uh, OK Magazine will always give me 20 grand whenever I pop out a kid. I'm like, oh, no. And then Alison shouts out Simon. Go on, Simon, her fella. Um, and she goes, and Ryan's like, and how do you keep it together? And she goes, well, we both love Pointless. And then she she says a fucking great joke that gets totally lost. The crowd don't hear her. She goes, um, I suppose the, the key to success is just be a shy person who doesn't row. <laughs> that was really funny. Carrie starts talking about her OnlyFans account, which I didn't realize was there. Um, might have to open up a new Revolut card for that one. Um, kind of a disposable Revolut card for that one. <laughs> but then she goes like, it's been dirty enough. Like She's like, well, you know, actors masturbate on screen. In a movie, what's the difference between me and them getting our, getting our kit off? I'm just doing it for me. And it keeps cutting back to her daughter. And she's like, ah, you know, in, this, in there. Um, then uh, people are telling their kind of cringy um, relationship <laughs> stories. And uh, this girl says that she went on a date. This I thought, this was, I thought this was very funny. I thought this was the funniest one. She says she went on a date with a guy, went back to his room, and he had a load of LED lights all over the place, like LEDs. And they were blue and yellow in solidarity with Ukraine. <laughs> she's like as if the people of Ukraine that's really sweet but as if the people in Ukraine are going to see this um, and then he got shy changed it to red and put on a, a, a season 2 episode 5 and I love the way she said that season 2 episode 5 of Peaky Blinders even though I told him I'd never seen any episode of Peaky Blinders <laughs> uh, it was very funny uh, Dervla met a guy called John Oh, God, sorry. This was an incredibly boring story about a brownie. This probably killed the show, this story. And I don't... <laughs> and I'm sorry, Dervla. This story went on for so long that it it definitely ate into time that was allocated for other segments of the show. It went on, and it had no point. <laughs> it went no point. I can't even remember it. It was something to do with... There was another guy she knew, and there was a brownie, and she had some brownie on her face. But, oh, my God. I think, you know the way they use, uh, I think they use, like, One Direction. They blare, like, One Direction at terrorists in Guantanamo Bay. I think they should get Dervla to tell the John story there. <laughs> anyway, next girl. This girl went on a date, and the guy was like, do you mind if we go to Tesco first? And then she went to Tesco with him. He did his whole shop. She was fairly mortified. And then he he was like, "Will you help me pack the bags?" <laughs> and then he brought and then he brought the shopping home, and all his flatmates were there, and she was mortified, right? Um, now I know I've talked on this podcast before about like I don't know what the name of the effect is, but there's a thing where if you get people to do stuff for you that they like you more. I talked about this thing they did a study where they had people go into a shop and rate the service experience out of, you know, out of 10. And half the people who went in, went in and shopped normally and then left and bought something, gave it like a six or whatever. But the majority of people who went in met someone who was working in the shop and like, they might've been like, oh, hi, sorry, I'll be with you in the till for a second. Would you mind holding this ladder while I just put this thing on the shelf? Everyone who was asked to do a job came out of the experience rating it as a higher experience, even though it was the exact same, other than they actually literally had to do a little bit of work for the guy, you know? So I understand this whole thing of, like, you know, being involved in a job together, you know, doing, working hard together. I understand that kind of vibe. But um, bringing someone for a whole fucking shop, bagging it, and helping you unbag it in the gaff with the lads in the gaff, that's, that's, that's too far. That's too far. Uh, I kept telling Terry how lucky she was, hearing all these horror stories. And she was like, I'm lucky, am I? This is why she was breastfeeding the ba the baby and making me a drink at the same time. I was like, yeah, you're one of your fucking lucky. You land really like me. And I was like, oh, that drink. Then they found Ireland's most loved up couple, Vera and John. Married in 1966. They're 82 and 81. They look 60. They look incredible. And Ryan renews their vows and gives them the holiday. And it's, that's nice. 
Uh, they don't cry, though, and they don't really say anything that made me want to cry, so it was a disappointment. Um, three stars. I should have been given stars for the rest of these, but I but I didn't. Um, I would have liked to see more of the couples hook up. Maybe they did. Maybe that was when Sonny was crying and I and I missed it. But I wouldn't. I would have liked to go back to the audience and see how they were getting on. We didn't really get to recap the shite waiver and Aoife as well from early on. Um, I thought Justine was very fucking funny. I thought Alison was very funny. Uh, but I think this her whole thing was right after all the people that have to move seats, and I think people were chatting away and not really focusing. And I think Ryan needs to put a fucking rain on those uh, that audience. But um, but look, hopefully this review of the Late Late Valentine special will help you uh, avoid the pitfalls of romance. And remember, if you fancy someone, do not be their best mate. Do not be a departed double agent, right? Don't ironically be giving them a kiss, right? Lead with your heart, uh, and your cock will follow, my good boy. <laughs> anyway, look, thanks very much for listening to this pod. Write your partners a piece of erotic fiction if you have one. Um, and um, I love you. And if you want to come see me, uh, you can do so this week, this Friday in Bray, GUTF, live, myself, Shane Daniel Byrne, Justine Stafford, Killian Sunderman, Martin Angolo. Emma Doran, uh, Michael Fry will be there. Uh, Michael won't be there uh, uh, this Friday, but he'll be there next Wednesday as well when we do it in Dublin, Liberty Hall Theatre. Tickets are available, link in my bio. In fact, link in the description notes of this podcast. And thanks very much for listening. I like you. I fancy you. Will you be my Valentine? <laughs> All the best. Bye-bye. This only girl will If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus.